Welcome to episode 242 of the Overlook Hour. I am your host, Clark Little. Along with me, as always, is the man over in Oakland, California. I am currently looking at him via video internet access. I don't know why I put a T at the end of that. It's Randy Michaelstead. That's me. Yeah, I'm here in Oakland, California, where once again, I slept through protests that went to the Dublin Honda. They broke... uh, one of the one of the glass glass walls and uh set a fire to a car too at least the indoors of it <laughs> they like broke some windows and like threw probably through a mall top or something into really? a car yeah i slept through the whole thing again and it is not far it's a stone oh throw God, from my dude. house what is going on i know what what is going on with that poor car dealership <laughs> it's rough man and we're we're downtown adjacent so you know when uh Bad things happen. Protests start downtown, and then uh, they kind of make their way up here. <laughs> In downtown, making my way to a protest. Downtown. Also joining us via internet access of video variety is Russell John Fisher. Russell, hello. What up? That's it. <laughs> well, you sound like shit. You know, when we came back... I you yeah. You mean like my my actual vocal cords or no, my no access? the mic built into your laptop. And what do you want me to do? I'm out here on the road, dude. Nothing. It was just distracting in that intro. I know. Well you guys froze up. I felt like Randy took two weeks to answer back. I don't know what's going huh. on. <laughs> don't worry, he'll he'll fix it in post. Well, as long as we don't have a delay. There was a delay when it was just me and Randy as I was trying to figure out how to get my Bluetooth earbuds to work. (laughs) Joining us on the show this week is writer, director, actor, producer. He does it all. His name is Thomas Burke. Uh, Thomas was... uh, We were fortunate enough to have one of Thomas's films... Uh, showcased at the Unnamed Footage Festival Fundraiser for Forgotten Found Footage Films a few weeks ago. Uh, his film Camping Fun, we, we showed that. Uh, so we talked a good bit about that film with him. And uh, he also shares with us his vast, vast knowledge of the fast... Not, oh, God. Fast and Furious franchise. Footage <laughs> of fast the found... Of- of the found footage variety. I wanted to say fast food because I literally was is looking at this <laughs> McDonald's bag as I was saying that. It's a Dude, long day. This I don't is going to be a weird famous. fucking episode. We, <laughs> we've recorded in a backwards style and you're in a new state and your energy is quickly depleting. It's going to be good. Yeah. So when we talked to Thomas, I was in California. Then we, then I had to go to Arizona. So now we're recording the intro after we've already recorded the second intro. Also, probably should probably have a better name for that, as we've been doing this for three years doing this type of show. I don't it's know. been confusing for four years. Like the intro. I oh, know. which one? I know. Intro one or intro two? That, that is a good point. Alright, so stay tuned for all that stuff But before we get to that, it's Oksana's turn To tell us about movies that Are out (laughs) (laughs) Should probably come up with a name for that too It's called Oksana's Bullshit (laughs) 
All right. You can leave it open ended. I can just talk about whatever. Uh, uh, within a reasonable time frame, sure. <laughs> okay. Well, you're lucky. There's not that much coming out this weekend that I'm going to talk about. But opening this Friday, the 23rd, is Bloodthirsty. It will be in um, select theaters and also streaming on the same day. Whoa. Here, can I read that synopsis? Yes. Gray is an indie singer who is having visions that she is a wolf. <laughs> there's there's two more sentences. I'm not going to read them. <laughs> her, name, her name is Gray? Gray. Yeah, I guess so. Oh, I wish you I wish you wish she was an alien, not a wolf. She may be illegal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, this looks like it's got Randy written all over it. Does it? No, not at all. But Gray the indie singer would definitely be on this Spotify. Randy, what co- what kind of collars on that shirt, dude? It's called a V-neck. It's not even That's a V-neck. A it's V-neck. just like it's more open, <laughs> I don't know. It's nice when it's hot out. It's yeah, a loose that's, V-neck. That's an intense collar, dude. <laughs> they call it a roast beef collar. It's very thin. I like it. I could <laughs> never wear that type of shirt in one million years. <laughs> you, you couldn't. If you wore it, there'd be cleavage. It'd be completely different. Uh, no, I don't have tits, dude. Nah. <laughs> Oxana, movie two. The, so the tagline for this is, um, music should be more than skin deep. So maybe it is. I'm sure. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? I don't, I don't know. You have to watch to find out. <laughs> so that's um, Blood, Bloodthirsty opening Friday the 23rd. Also opening Friday the 23rd. Demon Slayer the movie. Keep going. M- Muggin Train? <laughs> <laughs> Mugen Train? I don't know. It's an animated feature. Clark, we'll never uh, know because neither one of you can read. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's M U G E N. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah, so that's gonna be in theaters Friday the twenty. Are you are you just not that, doing? That's that all we get. Um, <laughs> I can read it. After his family was brutally murdered and his sister turned into a demon. <laughs> Tenero? How do you say his name? Tanito, I don't know. His, Tanito his, Komodo. His journey as a demon slayer began. <laughs> My sister yeah, you, kill me. You didn't have to read that. She already has her her tickets. She's had her tickets for this for like two weeks. Yeah, it's a very popular anime series that Dan oh. uh, talks my ear off about. He's not even he doesn't even really like it. Yeah. Um. No, my sister. Actually, if you dig up the episode that we had Dan on doing Danime, yes. I think he talked about this before it came over to America. So, you know, we're, we're there first on the indie films. We're there first on the horror films and the anime now. Danime. Classic anime. episode. <laughs> yeah. That betting music <laughs> was so good. I can't remember it at all, but him good. talking, he, he just powered through it, too. He, he gets it. He's a weirdo, though. Love Dan. All right, what else you got? Actually, where's that plane out here? Um, I believe it should be at like. Because I doubt I doubt the Kabuki's open. No, I think it's just in regular theaters. Um, I actually, think the Kabuki you... is open. Oh, it is. Okay, I isn't the Kabuki is. an AMC movie or a theater? Kabuki's yeah, Kabuki's yeah. an AMC now. 
All right. Yeah, but it's playing at all like Cinemark. Century. Oh shit! Then why did my sister buy it like two months in advance? And why did it sell out that early? I don't know. If it sold out. We live in a stupid world. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Maybe we should go watch it. I'm I, not I, watching I, anime. Wait, you watched Redline? You liked it? You forced me to watch it. You you forced me to watch <laughs> it like uh, Stanley Kubrick style. What? How? With- oh, Clockwork Orange. <laughs> yeah, the Ludovico treatment. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know what? <laughs> you both get punished. The Shining is a good movie. <laughs> yeah. All right. Redline's great. Also, I should mention that a uh, um, former guest, forever friend, family member, Jasadi, <laughs> texted me. He texted me two things. He said, one, hey, have you all ever heard of Snow on the Bluff? And I, I wanted to reach through the phone and choke him. And then I said, bitch... <laughs> If you'd been listening to the podcast recently, I think like four weeks ago, we were talking about how Snoop Dogg got sued over making a sequel or something. And he responded with, fuck you. That movie's great. It should have won an Oscar. And then he started breaking. And I don't know. There's a miscommunication. The other thing, he said, thank you for turning me on to Perfect Blue. I don't fuck with these anime movies, but I love that. (laughs) I could watch. I could probably watch Perfect Blue. I'm not watching. No, because. You said something that your DVD's weird or something. I have it on Blu-ray, I have it on DVD, and I have it on VHS. I don't know if you should say that publicly. <laughs> there is a laser disc. If anybody, if you find out where one is, let me know. I got to complete it. Uh, Randy, real quick, what is this uh, koala bear situation? It's my blackout curtain. <laughs> and it's two koala bears it's an old hand-me-down blanket from yeah my family swinging from the eucalypt- eucalyptus leaves <laughs> yeah. do y'all remember that fool we worked with the dude who had a shirt that said qualified to party yes. <laughs> we also worked with a dude who had a shirt that said mount and do me <laughs> <laughs> the best one is which came first the chicken or the egg and it's an egg hump and a chicken. <laughs> That's pretty good. All right, Oksana, anything else? No. All right. For any questions, queries, concerns, or comments, please direct those at podcast.overlooktheater.com. Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, the other one, find us, like us, comment, tell a friend, tell a minute. It's not any of my business what you do on your own personal time. The Overlook Hours are available on Facebook as the Overlook Hour. The Overlook Hours are available on YouTube as the Overlook Theater. The Overlook Hours are available on Instagram as the Overlook Theater. And the Overlook Hours are available on Twitter as the Overlook Hour. Find us, like us, comment, tell a friend, tell a minute. Randy. The type of t shirt I am wearing is called a raw neck tee from an undisclosed location as they're not a sponsor. Raw neck? <laughs> not, the, not the best name, but that's what it's called. That sounds <laughs> gross, dude. <laughs> oh my god. Alright, Randy, take her home. hand hovered over the mouse. If I clicked, he would die.
the light on the thunder there, aren't you? <laughs> I'm not used to it. Also, what the hell are you doing in Arizona? Well, you know, I can't go anywhere without Claude. <laughs> he, he's my management. So he's away. I'm away, too. So we got two. They paid well, we got two beds. Oh, what the fuck? Oh, yeah. Dude, I can't believe you got your, your work to pay for that, Clark. Well, you know, they, they just know that um, it's, a, it's a package deal with us, too. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately. What did you do? Bring him as a carry-on? Surprisingly, he fit in the carry-on luggage without a problem. <laughs> your, your MacBook mic doesn't pick up the ice nearly as much as the one here. <laughs> yeah, well, it was uh, my kneecaps were in my eye sockets the whole time. Now, does he I had to put him in my backpack. Is he going to be in the room the whole time we do this now? No. Where no, are you going to put him in the bathroom? Yeah, he's going to go in the bathroom that I can't figure out. So hit hit the hit the door. All right, I'm gonna go now. Russell, hit the button. Okay. All right. Yeah, that bathroom's a nightmare, dude. I tried to take a shower in there, and for five minutes, I stood there trying to get the water hot. And I, I was like, "Is the water not hot?" So I went to the sink, knowing that the left is hot. So I turned the left on. It got hot, and I don't. And, I, and then I so just started. It was one of those weird things where it's like. Um, the nozzle sticks out, but it's like all like swivelly how you do it. And so then I did it. I, I shut it off and I pulled it back up again. And then it was boiling hot and I couldn't get it cold. I couldn't get it lukewarm. It was it went from freezing to boiling hot. I didn't right. think a shower could be worse than one at our place, but it is. You want to you want to give some context as to where the hell you are? I mean, stupid ass Phoenix, Arizona. <laughs> that's they our new headquarters is we're recording this intro on a sunday and uh i was notified on a thursday that my services were needed in phoenix arizona for an undisclosed business arrangement well you know first it was rogan then it was ben shapiro then it was timmy d now it's the overlook boys we're we're, we're getting out of here <laughs> Shapiro moved his ass to Nashville. Are we going to Phoenix? <laughs> well, what about your other? What? Who moved to New Jersey? Uh, Diaz. Oh yeah, you want to do that? Hell no. No. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, something we all agree on. Well, Vito's out there. Oh God, he went to he went to Jersey. Mm-hmm. So Madeline and Vito were out there. <laughs> also. <laughs> Also, I just learned that um, Southern New Jersey has the biggest uh, rodeo in the United States. Oh, and you didn't change your mind. There's a lot of cowboys in Southern New Jersey, apparently. <laughs> All right. Well, this is weird. What what what's your hotel look like? I know you got two beds in there. It doesn't look too bad. What are you at a Holiday Inn? No, Sheraton. Ah, never been. It's all right. There's um. You want to take a roof? You want to take a yeah? Why not? Tour. All right. Here's a picture of some fucking landscape bullshit. <laughs> nice. Here's a TV. Oh, now here's a picture. We've got four pictures here. One of a hot air balloon. Uh, oh, there's a very good picture of a horse on the edge of a cliff. <laughs> 
That's pretty tight. And we've got Grand Canyon, and then I don't know what that is. Is that a coronavirus? I think they're, what are they, crop marks? What do they call those? Crop circles. Crop circles, there we go. No, it looks it looks like some sort of wrought iron design. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Y'all just have don't know aliens, dude. I have an empty closet, which I was hoping there was a bathroom in there. There is not. Or a rope. <laughs> Our rope. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to die at Phoenix. <laughs> and here's a horrible bathroom. I hate this bathroom. Man, you look comfy in there. This very intense mirror. <laughs> so, so I can is it swim. Oh, look at that, dude! <laughs> and you didn't bring your manscape. <laughs> I know. I didn't check my bag. I should have. All right, well, how the hell are we going to do this? It feels weird already. This is great. Oh, God. Best episode yet, dude. <laughs> no, I hope, it's, I hope it's short, man. I'm tired. My head hurts. All right. Well, I only had... I, what, I've got a movie. You've got nothing. Randy's talking TV show. Yeah. So, um, now that I have the soundboard back for a week, I, you know, I had to load some audio on there. So go ahead, sit down, Clark. Get comfortable. You're going to be over there for a week. I'm going on. My, I'm good. I'm getting in the bed, dude. I don't oh care. <laughs> I sh- we should have been recording on my laptop. Actually, <laughs> nobody wants to see this shit. Oh god, that is such an unpleasant angle, Clark. <laughs> is that better? No, I I, I don't want to be on camera unless it's like to read if you're paying attention or not. There. All right. Well, here I uh, I pulled a clip for you. I was listening to I've been listening to a lot of great podcasts. One of them um, in your own backyard. Hero, apparently. Yeah, right. No, I can't stand that, dude. Um, no, I. That's all here. He fucking he fucking bobs that head so much his little yarmulke's gonna pop off, dude. When when his like whap rebuttal came up oh my god it was so annoying i fucking god i i can't stand him um i don't know it it sounds like it's a vagina with some sort of uh disorder (laughs) i forgot that was literally what he said yeah man and they're like and everyone was like ben shapiro you've never made a vagina wet in your life (laughs) dude i mean that's pretty legit uh, now, damn it, I had a podcast thing I wanted to talk about, and then I just remembered one. It's, I call it the, um, it's like a true crime podcast if it was, like, hosted by Randy. So it's boring? <laughs> Is this bad? Hold on. It's called, um, Their Own Backyard. Or no, it's called Your Own Backyard. Um, up here at Cal Poly, are you familiar with that school, Clark? Uh, tangentially. Okay. Well, there was um, a student went missing named um, Kristen Smart, and the case was just one of those, like, it went cold. Like, they never figured anything out. She was seen leaving a party with the dude, and then um, that guy was, like, the only suspect they had. And what they- timeline are we talking, dude? I think it was the 90s. Uh, can oh, you go back I was to- a baby. Um, Memorial Weekend, 96. And um, Oh, so, so let's see. Surge was a thing. What? Oh, the drink. Yeah. Oh, by the way, guys, I had a, in the San Francisco airport, 
I had a Gatorade in a can. Oh, what? Wow, what was it cold? It was great. It was so cold. <laughs> honestly, honestly, top five Gatorades of my life. Yeah, well, cold aluminum is the best way to drink anything. I think, dude, I, I would kill for a Gatorade to can right now. It was um, great. Anyway, in that your own uh, backyard, a dude who lived near Cal Poly uh, would he started the podcast because every day he would walk by this old billboard that was a um, wanted sign for Kristen Smart, and eventually he he just decided to take up the case, like you know how they do. And um, what last weekend they made two arrests on it because of his podcast. Now it's only I think six episodes long. And I'm one deep, but man, he struck me as if Randy was inspired to like help bring down a criminal. And there's a moment where he drives down to LA to meet a dude that was at the party that she was last seen at. And he's forced by the car dealership. The only car they had was a Mustang. Hmm. And he, he's recording in it, complaining about driving a Mustang <laughs> and how yeah. he's worried he's going to look like a douche. And uh, dude, it's That's so good. Funny. I, I would recommend checking it out. It it feels very organic, mm -hmm. except the way that it's mixed feels very fucking like NPR S-Town, hmm. kind of like way overproduced. And it's a little annoying, but dude, R Randy, check it out. I think you'll get a kick out of it. I think Clark would get bored. <laughs> also, Clark, are your headphones wireless? Yeah. Yeah, that's why he's just walking around the room right now. God. Yeah, I had. Look, man, I had to turn the AC on. It got hot in here. The five minutes I didn't have it on, and now you're even closer to it. I know. <laughs> All right, I'll be quick. Anyway, uh, was this I was just farted. Did y'all hear that? No, <laughs> dude, my teeth look white on this camera, dude. Yeah, it's got filters built in. Also, Don't be hurtful, dude. I, I take I take care of my shit, dude. Anyway, are you still like pumped up on Clubhouse? I don't know if Tim Dillon's still covering it at all. Oh, dude, no. So uh, Tim Dillon said Clubhouse is dead. What? <laughs> Why? He said he said the experiment's over. No one cares. Clubhouse is dead. Damn. Okay. Well, uh, he he said it was hot for a couple weeks, but it won't. It it can't last. Dude. Okay. Well, I was listening to a crypto podcast called Up Only, and they they're like they grew out of a crypto twitter and they had mark cuban on and they started like this question came up about uh if him and other big wigs kind of like traded advice and i pulled this clip it's a minute long it made me think of you clark so hold on let me let me turn on this thing here we go is there like um a billionaire whatsapp group where you're like bro check out this check out this new ico Denticoin. it's the coin for dentists it's gonna go to the moon and you like send each other <laughs> send each other the shit yeah, no, not really like a Telegram or Discord, but there's like a bunch of us on Snaps and we just, you know, <laughs> all day long. You know, That's so every amazing. night I got them Bill, Bill Gates' the streaks, the Warren Buffett gets, you know, gets my little S for streaks. And, you know, and then Warren Buffett always likes to show his toes and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, Chamath, Chamath, you know, is trying to get in the group, but Bill Gates won't let him in. So it's just like. <laughs> So you're saying it's there's crazy. like a secret billionaire Snapchat group that you're Pretty unveiling much. to the world. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. So it's all the juice, you know, because there's all this competition to get into the new world order and the trilateral 
admission, and they won't let normal people in, right? You've got to be <laughs> so we decided to have our own alternative, and that was just a snap group. Dude. That's why. Who's that? Is that Mark Cuban? I was about to say, yeah, that's Mark what he Cuban. sounds like? Yeah, that was Cuban. I don't think I've ever heard him speak. Wait, really? Like, you don't Shark Tank, bro? No, never have. You're not a Dallas Mavericks fan, I like his bro? cinema chain, though. He's got landmarks, right? Does he still? Yeah, he used to, at least. Dude, he, he actually was talking about NFTs in that episode because he's been uh, buying some. And he was talking about how the technology will actually benefit ticketing for sporting events. Do you remember? I was trying to talk your ear off about that. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, Clubhouse died because they all got on Cuban Snapchat link or whatever the fuck they do there. I'm not going to do a Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> well, they wouldn't invite you. They got Warren Buffett, dude. They, hey, man, I supported the Dallas Mavericks. Do you support um, blocking the sun out with a bunch of chemicals that we uh, spread into the atmosphere to mimic the acts of a volcano? Well, didn't, uh, didn't Bill Gates want to do that? He wanted to shoot a missile of dust into the sun or something. <laughs> yeah, have a fleet of planes fly to help yeah. cool the whole planet. Yeah, I just love how we're totally cool with Bill and whatever he wants to do. <laughs> yeah, well, I hope somebody would be like, dude, you can't just do whatever you want because you have a ton of money. Yeah, somebody needs to keep their eye on, on Billy Gates. Randy, I nominate you. Speaking of Bill Gates... How's my uh, how's my connection, guys? I just got five G over the weekend. If you know what I'm saying, uh, I couldn't oh. tell. I got a uh, got a COVID vaccine on Saturday morning. Oh, it came with the five G. Yep. Yeah, it came with the five G. <laughs> yeah, I'm calling you guys from a uh, Windows computer now too. So, whoa, yeah, it's work. It works. What the hell? <laughs> what? Okay, I have. A, there's a lot to unpack, dude. It, so you're you're vaccinated. Uh -huh. You got 5G and your Windows now, dude? Yeah, dude. That, Bill Gates is the what? one putting these vaccines in us, right? Oh, my God. Dude, I think all of them are the mark of the beast. So you got overmarked. <laughs> I, like, what, I uh, can't tell if Clark doesn't know that I'm doing a bit or not. I know. Oh, I, <laughs> nope. I couldn't tell. I, I get it now. I, I did get did vaccinated, you? but the rest is a bit. Which one? Pfizer. Modern. Oh, Pfizer. Now, Pfizer, they're not, they're not asking for a third one now, right? Moderna is already? I haven't heard for either. Are they? Yeah, they're saying it might be um, an annual celebration of a jabbing. So what are they going to do with all the extra J&J, &J, dude? I don't know. I want some. Give me the J&J. &J. It apparently uh, freezes easily as, or it doesn't, it doesn't need to be as frozen as the other ones do, so I don't know. Maybe they're just like in a fridge somewhere, just hanging out. Why do you need to freeze? You gonna make a daiquiri? <laughs> God. Yeah, the other vaccines need to be like negative sixty Fahrenheit or some shit. What the fuck? Yeah. I wish it was negative sixty Fahrenheit in this room. <laughs> Rust Phoenix sucks, dude. What was that? Who had audio play? Not me. I don't. I'm guessing it's you and your million tabs you have open. And million computers we got going in this room. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, I'm. Uh, last week I I put a challenge out when we were talking to Christian, and he he called what you and Rant did he call you two out on saying that yeah. it was a three camera setup? I think it was probably me. 
everybody he said he said clark and randall mm-hmm. yeah and um i told him hey get your cinematographer tell him to record a re- uh, some a revenge audio message or something and uh within the hour <laughs> we had one in our inbox now i haven't listened to it no we didn't vet it so i don't know it's a minute long you want to just dive in there i mean warning i don't know what he's gonna say he was pretty angry okay well here's the thing i don't remember what i said so yeah the gist of it i think was just that we were like oh it's a bummer that they didn't mimic the three camera setup that's so iconic for sitcoms this does not sound like a clark i know that's why i was like i think it might have been me also, we had Robbie in that day, so I don't know. Maybe they're confabulating Robbie with somebody. I want um, Robbie. It definitely was when the pizza guy came in, and we have uh, four characters up there. And yeah, I still I remember it not being a three camera setup, at least not traditionally. Anyway, uh, let's. Uh, what's the What's the cinematographer's name? Flip Monot. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what was what was the cinematographer from that movie that Zach brought us? That was Flip Monot. That's uh, Little Marie. Okay, that was Flip Monot. Damn, I thought he had a different name. What other jokes do we got going around uh, related to cinematographers' names? <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah, I know. And it's, I was, you know, I was trying to think of something that rhymed with Roger Deakins. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I want to keep talking to you, Clark, even when you walk away, because I know your headphones will work. But I, mm-hmm. but your mic is still on the computer. Oh, is it? Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. So you got to take that with you. Oh, my bad. <laughs> I'm honestly surprised that you care. Anyway, I thought um, it was here. Uh, girls' night cinematographer Connor. What Connor Nyan? Connor Nyan. All right, here we go. I'm gonna jump into it. Yeah, hi, this is Connor Nyhan, the cinematographer of Girls' Night, and I just wanted to um, say you guys are fucking idiots. How fucking thick do your skulls have to be for you to not realize a multi-cam setup when you fucking see one? Huh? You must be some of the dumbest motherfuckers on the fucking, 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 fucking planet, okay? It's a lot of fucking on this planet you fucking dumb motherfuckers you numb skull neanderthal dumbo pp shitheads fuck (laughs) you make me fucking sick you you try to analyze films and yet you you don't even realize the multi-cam fucking setup when you see one Ah, shit the cops are are after me i I gotta go oh (laughs) connor love it you. <laughs> does, does he need a job on a podcast? No, right? I know. That's a hell of a voice. Now, um, I think Connor played the pizza guy, too, in the movie. Did he? Yeah. The one that gets beat up by the pig guy. That's tight. Well, yeah. the pig guy is Christian. Connor, uh, we deeply apologize, and I'd play the Tom Brennan clip for you, but I opened up another whole window on the soundboard to give you more options, and it it really just complicated the shit out of things. So, Connor, I do not apologize because uh, I don't give a shit. I don't remember saying that. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Thank you. All right. Love you, Connor. All right, Randy, your thoughts? Uh, I do apologize, and I do admit that I'm a fucking idiot.
<laughs> Would you stop being a simp, bro? <laughs> stop cutting yourself. <laughs> There's a camera. We can tell when you're doing that now. Oh, shit. I forgot. Does this chair swivel? Oh, God damn it. Hold on. God. That's better. <laughs> Does it? I want to go back. You know, if we had a video component, I would be pro you doing this buffoonery, but... Well, you know I love physical comedy. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Yeah. I got it. Damn, I do. I, I wasn't joking when I texted you. I do miss you already. The house, there's so much less energy in the house when you're not here. All right, here's the deal. Uh, keep an eye on my lettuce. I don't know if it's going to last for five days. Romaine or iceberg? It's romaine. Ooh. I like a head of romaine. Is that what you also is that a head? Yeah. Of romaine? <laughs> heart it's a heart. It's the heart of romaine. Heart of romaine. You sound like a nationalist when you say that. <laughs> <laughs> um no, dude, I had for whatever reason the refrigerator was turned to, there's five levels of coldness on our refrigerator and it was turned to four. And it fucking froze my lettuce, dude. <laughs> and it had like liver spots all over it. Oh, that was weird. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe no. Was... I had just no. I got pissed off because they told me to come down here on Thursday, and I had literally just bought like a hundred dollars worth of groceries, and told me I was going to be in Phoenix for a fucking week. Fucking fuck you, dude. Yeah, it was weird. I mean, we recorded an interview earlier with you in the room. And now you're, yeah. Oh, today, yeah. Today's, yeah. We're going full Christopher Nolan today, dude. Yeah, we moved the podcast an hour earlier for our interview. Completely threw me off. You were in the middle of packing. And, um, I don't know. It's a good interview. Yeah, this is going to be the worst week of my life, dude. You going to end it? All right. End, end it in Arizona? <laughs> Not in Phoenix, dude. I don't want to. I don't want my mother to have to come to Phoenix to <laughs> collect my fucking already swollen body. She'll rip you off a cactus and you're crucified. It'd be oh, by the way, so there's a lot of cacti, obviously, in, in the state of Arizona. And when you leave the, the airport, a lot, and I'm not talking the flat cactus. I'm talking like your traditional like mm -hmm. cactus. A voluptuous you know? cactus. But none of them had arms. They all just looked like fucking little sticks. What is that about? I think it's just a different type. They didn't have arms, though. Okay. <laughs> Cactuses are supposed to have arms, and they just were like, you know, little cactus dicks everywhere. Like you're, you're learning new things. You've only been there for, what, two hours now? I don't understand why people voluntarily live in a fucking desert, dude. Hey, so when are you coming back? Oh, uh, Friday at uh, 11 p.m. Oh, damn. damn. Okay, so next week we'll record here. Yeah, I'll be back Friday night. Unless you have an impromptu fly to Florida or some shit. I, Florida, I understand, unfortunately. <laughs> Arizona, I don't understand. I'd like to go to Florida. Hey, you've never been to Florida. I haven't been anywhere, man. Where's Where's the most east you've been? Oh no, you. I mean, you've been to yeah. like Bethlehem and all that. Yeah, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, um, New York, Philly. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I want to go. 
I want to go to a. F- I've been to Arizona too. I actually had a lot of fun there. Arizona sucks, dude. Go to uh, where Randy? Where the fuck were we eating? Roscoe's, Lolo's. I said the same thing. Lolo, oh, yeah, chicken and waffles, dude. Go there, Robbie. No, Robbie Lolo. <laughs> no, dude. You you went to Lolo's. Yeah, it's good. I went uh, probably like two times. Wait, Clark didn't. Oh God, you weren't out there. No, no, because Coot said, hey, you're going to Phoenix. And then he was like, hey, you're not going to Phoenix. I'm going to send this alcoholic instead. Dude, it was the best Q convention, too. You really missed out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, the, the QAnon shaman is from Phoenix. Oh, good. <laughs> right. Jake, uh, Jake Andretti or whatever his name is. He's got a heart of Roman. I mean, Romaine. <laughs> Cut that out, <laughs> All right, what are we, we going to talk about films at all? I feel like the three friends over here. Yeah, Randy, what you got for us, babe? Uh, I got a TV show, but however, it's not a TV show. It's HBO. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> there's a new like sci-fi kind of dark comedy drama series called Made for Love featuring uh, Christian Miliotti from uh, Palm Springs. She's really good. Billy Magnuson oh, and Ray Romano. And essentially, uh, hey, hey. <laughs> essentially, hey, uh, a show. <laughs> Kristen Milioti and, uh, Billy Magnuson are, are a couple. And, um, Billy Magnuson is this big tech guy, billionaire, whatever. And, uh, she finds out that, uh, he installs a monitoring device slash a chip in her head. And he can see oh, no. like everything she does and like hear like what she's thinking and stuff like that. So uh, she wants to escape from his uh, his little tech thing he's got going on. So she uh, goes to visit her father, Ray Romano, who uh, has a uh, <laughs> synthetic partner in the show, a.k.a. a sex doll that he essentially brings with him and he hangs out at his house and just talks to it and he has dinner with it. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I think it's what, six episodes, eight episodes. Um, it was pretty good. I didn't love the ending, but, um, I like everyone in it a lot. Kristen Milioti is really good. Um, yeah, it's a solid, uh, solid recommend. Did they drop it all at one time? They didn't. I think they did like three and three and then two. Which is an yeah, odd way to release. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that makes total sense. Clark, if you were here, you would love these pictures of Ray Romano with the sex. It's doll. pretty good. I I mean, we're gonna make a shirt out of that. <laughs> oh dude, I am way far away from this chicken and waffles place, dude. <laughs> yeah, you're not too close from to downtown. So Randy, why the fuck were you watching a show and not twenty eight movies? Uh I've been super busy at work during the past week. Um just going in a lot with the shutdown so i was there like 10 hours a day for like two three days and then just hadn't had time to watch anything and then uh this weekend i got vaccinated uh at like 8 30 a.m i didn't feel sick at all but i got like my neck felt like super heavy and like tired <laughs> and like my shoulders so i just got like super body achy and i was like and my like my brain's already like kind of foggy, but I just got like even sleepier and like a little more foggy for the last like 24 hours. Um, how was, how was the injection? It's fine. 
I didn't did you get, do anything. Did you get an uh, injection erection? <laughs> yeah. In my car. <laughs> I had to go to Six Flags for it. Oh. I had to go to uh, Hurricane Harbor in Concord, California. <laughs> you had to go to Six Flags for an erection, dude? <laughs> It was tight, dude. It was uh, the same exit as my old community college, so I got to, uh, you know, relive that a little bit. <laughs> I'm not driving to a. I'm not driving to an amusement park to get a. It was only like a, twenty miles from me. A vaccine for a made-up virus. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> also, this weekend, uh, I re I rewatched Lahaine. That's a thing. Ooh. I like it. Damn it, Randy. The movie I watched that I'm going to talk about in like probably five minutes. Uh, <laughs> I, I had Oksana send it to you because I think you're really going to dig it. Oh, yeah. I appreciate that. I think I am going to watch it and probably dig it. I just, yeah, my brain was too foggy to like pay attention to anything. Uh, Welcome to the Bay Area, the last, bro. Yeah. 24, 26 hours or so. All right. What are we, what are we going to do, Clark? You got something to talk about? So I didn't watch anything this week, because uh, because what's the point? And life is futile and worthless, and you know we're in it until we're not. So uh, I didn't watch anything except I watched one movie, and that one movie. This is probably probably the fifth or sixth time I've seen this movie. Uh, I. I do this thing where it's like analysis by paralysis by yep. analysis a lot of times trying to find a movie to watch. And uh, I was trying to find a movie to watch late on Friday. It was Randy. It was like 1030. That's and I was going to start a movie. Wow. I know. As, and um, and I was I think it was on Prime and I saw it. <laughs> Unstoppable by Tony Scott 2010. No, I'd never heard of it. I love this movie. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, I've said it and I say it again. <laughs> the wrong Scott brother died. Okay. Who's the other one? Tony, Tony Scott over Ridley Scott. It is not even close. Oh, wait. I, I love Tony. I thought Unstoppable was a Western. Or is that Unforgivable? <laughs> That's unforgettable, you stupid idiot. I thought you were you talking about nonstop PPN. for a second. God, will y'all get it together? Unstop. Have neither one of you seen this great movie? I don't, I don't so. even know what it is. Okay. All right. You both have a homework assignment. Oh, no. Go to Amazon application and watch Unstoppable <laughs> by Tony Scott. The year is 2010. I saw this in a theater i skipped class in college <laughs> to go see this movie um i i saw it at like 10 30 a.m first day and honest i'm not kidding i've seen hundreds and hundreds of movies in the theater this is a top theater experience for me i don't think anyone else was in the theater when i saw it it's i dude i've seen the movie six times now it still stresses me out what is it about? Like, so it's about a real life event that happened in, uh, I think, Western Pennsylvania. Um, a train. Uh, it's called a coaster, meaning that a train was in was going down the tracks without anyone 
running the train. Okay. So what happened is that Ethan Supley and T.J. Miller are working at this train yard, and Ethan Supley is uh, engineering the train, and he realized that the track is set up wrong. So he de- he said he's going to set it in neutral, and it, he had to put it in high gear because he's got 30 cars behind him. So the train's a mi- uh, half a mile long. It's a big train. And he's he it, at this time, Ethan Supley was a very large man. Um, he's currently uh, swollen now. Google Ethan Supley. He's life-changing. G- good for you, Ethan. But at this time, in 2010, big boy. So he gets out of the train, and the train runs off without him. And so you've got a half-a-mile train with no man behind it going 70 miles an hour. So that's not good. So uh, Rosario Darson plays sort of the, the train uh, master. <laughs> <laughs> Conductor? She's running the whole train system of that area. And um, we, we also get, we spend most of our time with uh, Chris Pine from the Star Trek series and Denzel Washington. And uh, Denzel is a grizzled old train veteran, and uh, Chris Pine plays a guy who has basically uh, gone from job to job, but because his last name happens to be Colson, and that's big in the rail world, railroad world of Western Pennsylvania, uh, he got it, this cushy gut job. And so all the other old timers, you were like, "Oh, you're Colson." So. They, he didn't have a whole lot of respect. So they ended up going to chase down this train. And so they were headed on the same track. But the, the, the big train was headed towards them. They were able to go on a side track. And then the train passed them. And when the train passed, Denzel looked at the back of the train and noticed that the back knuckle was open. So he's like, well, I think if we go and we dump off this load, we can go in this car and we can hook up and then just start reverse and then slow the train down that way. And that's what they did. That's a real life story of these two guys, uh, because what they wanted to do, it also deals with like the corporate aspect of it to where the guy wants to, um, the head of the, the, the railroad wanted to, uh, not derail the train because of the cost. But then they were going to derail the train in the middle of a city, and there's chemicals, deadly chemicals on board. Um, But they deal with that, and the big thing is that they didn't want to get into the Stanton Curve. Both of you Google the Stanton Curve. S-T-A-N-T-O-N. Stanton Curve in Pennsylvania. So the train was going like 50 miles an hour on this giant curve. And the speed limit's 15. So they had to, like, and dude, how they did it, it's, it's still, it's good. Um, but they were able to uh, slow the train down. And, uh, yeah, dude, it's, I mean, it is a wild ride. <laughs> <laughs> is that the tagline of the movie? Man, I love it so much. I mean, of course, look, it's a big Hollywood blockbuster popcorn movie. So there's a lot of, like, you know, pulling on the heartstrings and a lot of, you know, cheese in there. Like, you know, Chris Pine's character has 
an issue with custody battle and Denzel Washington just got his pink notice and he just didn't let anyone know and he's like if you don't if you don't do what I tell you to do you I'm gonna fire you and he's like you already did you told me 92 days ago and I got three days left I don't care oh. that's not a very good Denzel Washington <laughs> no I, not my favorite <laughs> all right I don't know why Denzel turned into Foghorn Leghorn for that but, uh, <laughs> I say I say you're fired but three days ago but um yeah no uh unstoppable is five stars and fuck you if you think otherwise that's really all you watched yeah man was this trip really eating you up that bad all week well i just found out on thursday and then and then i also got a new video game so what game there you go mlb the show (laughs) what the is that a new baseball game or old for Xbox, is this is the first time that this has been available on Xbox? This is sort of a big deal, Russell. Oh, I haven't. I told you the last baseball game I ever played was Triple Play, and I think that was PlayStation One. Oh my god! Yeah, I, I, dude, I used to fucking play the hell out of that game though, and it had it. It was so old that you could have dumb code to make people like stretchy or like weird looking. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, a lot a lot of those games you could do that like NBA Jam. Yeah. Oh dude. That was NBA Jam was great. You could make them giant. Randy, you played NBA Jam? Long time ago. Yeah. I was <laughs> I was kind of in the NFL Blitz too. Oh damn. Oh. It's a good Blitz game. is my favorite. You know uh you know who loves NFL Blitz? Uh, no. I'll give you a hint. Charles Manson. I'll give you a hint. He survived a mall shooting. <laughs> I had I had a joke, but I wasn't. I'm not come on, say. come on. Just Chug, of course, of course, Chuggy likes NFL blitz. He likes football. Yeah, I don't know. I I never liked blitz. I'm down with NBA Jam, but I don't know because I I like real football. Like I, I don't know if you're not calling plays and being strategic. And every time I ever played blitz, it's you know it's a button you, mashing fucking. Shit you do here. call plays and blitz. Eh? Yeah, I don't know. I don't like it. I'd rather just play with like four people in the street than play Blitz. God. I'd rather play two hand than play Blitz. Yeah, any day. Dude, we should do that. We live in a damn court. Let's what do are you it. like, an ambassador of public health? Oh, don't play video games. Play in the street. Yeah, it's a court. It's not like there's like a pandemic and we're going to be breathing on each other or anything. Yeah, right. All right. All right, what have you got? Please tell me you got one thing. I got one thing. Um, I mean, you know, there's so much shit I've been watching that just it doesn't occur to me when we record this show. Like, um, what, Forged in Fire? I watched, me and Oksana watched all of that show. I'm going to start making our own billets here in the, in the house pretty soon. That's a great show. I told you to watch that show like three years ago, dude. And uh, what, me and you, we watched uh, the first two episodes of uh, Darth Merengue. Darth, right. Darth Vader Merengue. And, uh, Randy, did I tell you I got a bootleg of Gar- Darth Merengue's Dark Place? Yeah, I think you sent a <laughs> What's picture. What's it called? <laughs> Garth Merengue's Dark Place. There you go. <laughs> also, you know, we watched all of the Cecil Hotel documentary on Netflix. I got through the first episode. That's it. Yeah, it's kind of cute. But, you know, my um, background music or like the background TV shit I play is normally like forensic files and 
that Canadian cop show that didn't get canceled during that whole thing. I'll tell you this. I am I am glad I'm not in the Cecil Hotel right now. <laughs> oh, dude. Well, I think in like episode three, they talk about how they rebranded half of the hotel. And they made that place was massive. Well, they they made the upscale. They made the other half like kind of like a faux upscale hotel. And I think you'd be down for that, even though I think that's the I hotel. Didn't, I didn't see any of that. Yeah, I think that's where they actually figured out that she was in the water tower because um, people, you know, paid extra money and their water was running brown. And they're like, "What the fuck is this?" And then they finally looked in a a water tower. Yeah, it was kind of like the untold story. Where the dude was throwing bodies in the so, water tower. So did they investigate at all in this ep- 19 episode fucking thing? Uh, it's not that long. How they think she died? Yeah, they kind of talk about it. It's mostly interesting just as a internet documentary. Because they talk about how the, like how that video of the elevator footage got out is uh, like a detective like shared it and was just kind of like, hey. And then that raw footage went viral because it's just so weird. And there was a whole community online that like tried to come together and figure it out. And of course, I don't think they helped anything. Actually, they tried to like, they went after a black metal dude from like south of the border who was staying in the hotel. And they, they like went hard after him and they kind of fucked. The only thing they managed to do was kind of ruin that guy's life. But um, he's bouncing back. And our former third chair, Justin, I guess he's working on an interview with him because that dude's about to make a horror movie. Yeah. What? I, I know. And then in three years, we'll be talking about it, or I will. Like, um, oh, can I, can I jinx that? Bullets of Justice? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I think uh, we're going to be talking to the director next week. Don't so jinx things, dude. Y'all got to watch it. Also, what? everybody listening right now, you need to take my recommendation seriously. I know these assholes are just, oh, you love everything. You just like fucking drool over it. No, you know how many fucking people are coming around going, The Bottle Man was the best movie of last year now. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I fucking told you The Empty Man. And I tell everybody, it was my number one on my top five. Y'all heard it here. You should have believed me. And now it's it's a three star film. Fuck off. <laughs> no, hell no. Also, that director's coming on the show in two weeks. <laughs> the bottle man himself. That's not true. Bottle Actually, maybe I'll, maybe I'll reverse jinx it. Um, no, the movie I wanted to talk about here. Man, you know, I didn't take any notes. It's something about you not being in the house now. I did no preparation. And, Great. Uh, All right. We'll see you next week. Yeah. Who, who sent us the screener for this? Uh, I think the production company is called Sovereign. Okay. Uh, thank you, Sovereign, if that's your actual name, um, for sharing this uh, film, A Common Crime, or Um Crimen Kumon. I, I cut that, Randy. Um, <laughs> Please don't do that, Now, this film, I, I watched it, and my my instinct was, fuck, dude, I got to share this with Randy, like, right now. Which I think last time didn't work out great. What was the movie where um those that those two people were hanging out in that satellite dish? It's like the most Contact. memorable thing. No, what the fuck was it called? I have no idea. <laughs> satellite. Yeah, satellite. You, you dish. didn't watch it. I think Arrow put it out or somebody. Do you remember what it was? There's like a bathtub involved. I can, I can't remember. Anyway, a common. 
<laughs> this is what happens when I don't take notes. Um, a common crime is about a sociology teacher who uh, we are introduced to at her son's birthday party that she's having at a carnival. And it's, it's kind of, it's one of those indie films where you don't, it's hard to get your finger on the pulse in the beginning because it's such a like slice of life film. Um, it's an Argentinian movie. So the, the setting and everything is like, it looks a little foreign. It's all beautiful. Um, there's a lot of like, man, how do you even set this thing up out? So she's a teacher and you can tell she's a little well off. She's probably middle class there. And, um, in her classroom, she's teaching, um, Marx. Like she's, she's talking about Marx and the class, uh, it seems like she's kind of operating at a higher level than her class. And she's an intellectual. And, I've been there. And she's, uh, you know, faculty talks to her. She seems to not have a great relationship with her faculty. Like she kind of likes being home. Um, we learn she's a single mom. She loves her son. And she takes time out of her day to go help some students with their paper. And she's really, um, she seems like an active member of the community. And we're introduced to her, um, her, to her maid. And uh, her son comes over to help move some furniture. Then the next night, uh, she, she wakes up in the middle of the night. And she hears somebody banging on her door. Now, she gets thrown into what I would assume is almost like a PTSD situation. Like, she gets so freaked out by this banging that she kind of, like, sneaks out into the front room and looks through her, her windows, which she has a beautiful house. Um, a lot of the walls are all window, and she has, like, a... The layout of her house is a little confusing. It feels like even her, like, her front... The front of her house has a lot of windowed walls. And then the back, it's almost like completely windowed. And then her, her kitchen, everything is like a peninsula in her house. And it's very like a part of nature. And it's almost got that like modern feel of um, letting the indoors come into your home. And she, she sees through the window that it's her, her maid son. And he's like, as an audience member, it starts to shift to he's panicking, like he needs help. And he moves over to look in the window and she hides from him. And he, he continues to bang until he runs off. And she kind of just lingers there, terrified all night. The next day, uh, he's reported missing. And she, she just kind of, she becomes haunted by this moment. And the movie has a, like a couple little moments that make you think maybe it's political. Like they're teaching Marxism, but then there's um, her son's talking about going to his friend's party and they're all going to wear masks. And he comments on one. And he's like, that mask looks like Trump. And she's like, oh, I know it's scary. But they don't really say any more than that. And it, I think it just offers like kind of a parameter. Some political commentary. Eh? Right. But I think. What the, what the film's really about is just, like, our role in active community. Like, we, we see a lady who's pretty well off, but she lives close to the barrio. And this is where her maid lives. And it's one of the things where she takes an Uber to go see her when she has detectives over to try and help. And um, the, the Uber guy's just like, hey, I'm dropping you off here. And she's like, but I paid, like, 
to to be brought to a house what are you doing he's like no i'm not driving in there and she's like okay well fine like i i guess i'm getting out and they kind of paint this picture of like you know this is not somewhere you choose to go and the film just kind of illustrates uh a class differential (laughs) who's that at your window clark (laughs) oh can you see a little bit is that your maid's son (laughs) let him in actually it's pretty it's this is actually perfect because a day later i mean i'm right on the interstate i do a day later they find her son's body and um it seems that the police dead the people in the town think the police murdered him and threw him in the river oh boy yeah and this film is kind of you know the deconstruction of a well-off um member of society and the film technique used to illustrate this is beautiful um randy have do you know what academic format is is that a thing academic ratio academy ratio yeah i don't know is that the like two three five i think you know what i should have it open it's um one three five one point three seven five colon one yeah 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 whatever that means anyway it's you know it's a smaller screen and she's always the center of the camera like i i know a lot of like art 101 is a more interesting image is you know one off center and the negative space can be just as interesting as the subject and this one's very on her and the small frame makes it very claustrophobic and one of the things I loved about fucking our favorite guests movie, um, Spring, was that labyrinth crawl through that Italian town. And I, you know what? This movie dethroned them with a more claustrophobic, confusing, like emotional, emotional vibrato of a scene. And again, this is a slow cinema movie. We don't have a ton of dialogue here. But my God, um, the lead whose name I will not try and uh, I will not slaughter in an attempt to pronounce. Uh, dude, she's so fucking good. Uh, Elisa, I don't, I'm not going to try and say that last name. I can't roll R's or anything. So, dude, Randy, you got to watch it. Clark would probably be like, meh. Hey, I can mess with slow cinema, dude. Yeah, you can. I think. Um, Whenever I gush about a film, though, you come in uh, with the boxing gloves. I'm a boxer, dude. (laughs) What do you want from me? I'm a fighter, baby. No, but yeah, Randy, I actually, Clark, you have it too. Um, Thank you again to the the production. Was it production or distribution company? Because they've only got three other films, but fuck, dude. If uh, they're anything like this one, they're going to be a banger. What do you what do you want MTV? <laughs> I, you know I, I did just watch um uh Beavis and Butthead top 10 like metal burns or something. That video is oh. great. I tweeted Dude, no, it's good. They talk they dude, they have crowbar. They make fun of crowbar in this fucking video. Was this was this the original Beavis or the reboot? <laughs> the reboot of Beavis? Yeah. <laughs> it was the, it's the original. It's just it's a short concise thing because i was showing oxana um when beavis and butthead talked about the plasmatics video 
and uh it's it's great so yeah i've been watching mtv oh yeah well, all right ready for bed and uh, what what time is it there like 11 you idiot it's the same time <laughs> so. sometimes no, it is an hour different well because arizona does not adhere to uh daylight savings yeah. time yeah they don't play by the rules over there man i know I'll tell you, but I mean, you know, I gotta wear. You gotta wear the mask in the hotel. I saw everyone in the airport wearing a mask except for one guy. So now you got to like in Canada, you got to. They'll pull you over and put a gun in your mouth. Or are we talking like you'll be shamed? I mean, the signs say you have to have a mask. So okay, show your papers. I mean, it's pretty much here. <laughs> yeah, but did you have a you you go bandana, don't you? No, I got a. I mean, I do have some bandanas. I have. I brought one mask, but I figured that when I got to do the thing that I was brought here to do, that they'll have some masks. So yeah, I'll steal some of those. You just got a banana hammock and a bandana. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you got to entertain those ladies in their birthday. Yeah, by wearing a thong on my face, <laughs> dude. You could go dual bandana. You should put one on your head and over your mouth. <laughs> oh, dude. God, I'd look like a painter then. <laughs> You'd look pretty interesting. I look like our buddy Jeff. Oh, all right. Sure he... <laughs> I don't need to check up on Jeff. Again, Jeff was the paint the Trump guy. Don't look him up. I think he's been killed. Ugh. All right. We got anything else? No, nah, I just I wanted to let you know I miss you. I've been gone for like four hours. <laughs> no, I think, you know, I feel bad because I feel like we're all low energy. And that, um, yeah, I don't know. We've been, we've been having good interviews. I'm still, I'm anticipating the day that we split these podcasts in half. Well, the, 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 the thoughts are stewing. <laughs> you okay? I'm very tired. All right. Well, yeah. Thomas Burke was great. I, I, everybody should stick around for that interview. Yeah, please. Uh, Tom is Tom is fantastic. Tom is a um, Tom may know more about found footage than us. I mean, this guy knows his stuff. He works with Steinberg. He he writes articles for Steinberg on a regular basis. So we talk about uh, how many movies he's seen. Via his letterbox reviews um, in the actual interview, as uh, we learn. But uh, yeah, Tom's a great guy and uh, happy to have him in the fold. So please stay tuned for that. And uh, if we got nothing else, uh, Randy, take her home. I've got nothing today. Um, so enjoy the rest of the episode and uh, have a good day. Okay, cool. Because, uh, Tommy, can I call you Tommy? I feel obnoxious doing that. Do it. Okay. <laughs> it is, it's on brand. I uh, guarantee you. Um, by being incorrect and annoying. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's on brand. Um, I just, I wanted to open up this interview with an apology. I'm sorry for making you wait again. I was just informed we had an earlier time today and I okay, was first there. of all, to counteract that, <laughs> why don't you apologize to every guest because we're late every week? This I is know. not a new thing. Um, 
I, I could get into a statistic analysis I heard of people who are late to things and how they're actually better workers. But I'll, and I'll then say, Randy and I will argue that <laughs> to the death. But Tom, dude, I was downstairs and I just watched your short lost luggage and um, I was drinking a coffee and I was having a good time, like pondering the message of the movie. Do you see how he did? You see how he spun that, Tom? He no. he said, uh, you know, I'm sorry, Renavelli, but I was watching all your films, man. So he tried to put a little bit on you, your counterpoint. Oh, no. Y'all, y'all, are, y'all are great. And uh, I didn't. <laughs> No, but, no, uh, Tom. I'm so glad you watched Lost Luggage. That's great. No, I was, you know, clearly you're a film dude. Everything you make looks so polished, and you've got, um, you really pay attention to like human interaction and relationships. And Randy and Clark are among uh, the group where we like to enjoy those kind of films, like early in the afternoon, like like now at eleven, and. I, man, I was having a good time with my coffee. Also, mind you, I was sitting right next to the girl who booked this interview. So I, I thought she would have warned me more. But yeah, I'm still trying to wrap my head around that. Also, I thought it was pretty funny that I was watching a short called Lost Luggage while Clark has been running around like a chicken with his head cut off trying to figure out his flight that you just learned about, what, yesterday? A couple days ago. Yeah, his work just um, tugged the leash and they're making him go out to Arizona in like two hours. So, yeah. Damn it. I wanted to send you a video, too. You know what? I'm going to. I'm going to email you one. Anyway, hi, Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you all watched Lost Luggage. You know, it's a totally strange one. And uh, I filmed it for my film school thesis project. And I remember uh, this was maybe back in like 2015 or 2016. And uh, our our film instructor kind of gave us a few guidelines to like do do. Uh, our film thesis if you will but it was like different than the other film school projects where you kind of get the whole semester if you will to like work on it this was kind of uh i I went to a community college and then uh they basically gave us like a week or maybe even two weeks to to actually like write the thing and then shoot it and then edit and slash release it so um i hit up like some of my closest film friends and i was like all right guys we got like one or two days to maybe just write this script together it was an idea we had for like maybe a year or two but essentially we wrote the thing shot it and edited it maybe in like three or four weeks turnaround and uh and i remember our instructor kind of was telling us so many no's and so many reasons why we couldn't do you know like an ambitious project is what he called it and i was just like all right well i'm gonna try to prove you wrong (laughs) well i i think you did it came out great can you see now it's available right was that on vimeo is that how i watched it yeah Mm mm-hmm Okay, can you set it up then? Because I want to link it so people can check it out. Absolutely. Yeah, like, wh- where did that premise come from? Like, is So, essentially, there's a dude who delivers lost luggage to people's homes. Is that real? Yeah, I, I mean, it, I, it, is, it is real. You know, I think now these days they don't really have couriers doing that stuff too much anymore. But, um, but yeah, we had to look that up just to make sure that was a real occupation. and. Uh, yeah, it was a like I said, it was a really strange one. Um, this was actually the first film that I only directed. Usually, I'll like write and direct uh, the stuff that I work on, but this one I didn't actually write. And so, when I was uh, collaborating with the writer and the producer on this, we watched a lot of like uh, a lot of a lot of films that kind of gave us inspiration to shoot this. Yeah, well, I think um, you succeeded, and <laughs> I'm actually kind of surprised that you didn't write it. <laughs> 
because just from, I mean, uh, our introduction to you was camping fun. And the thing that stood out about that film was just the, um, the way you nailed an authentic human interaction. Like there's some real drama in the beginning of that short and it really hooks you in. And I felt like you, you had the same thing going on with lost luggage, except I would, if I saw that in community college in a class, I would, in the first two seconds, I would have been rolling my eyes because you kind of got that like indie music going and we got a lot of close-ups and we have a VO that's portraying things. And those movies tend to not pay off yet. It lost luggage. It goes somewhere. And by the end of it, uh, yeah, I was enjoying myself drinking that coffee. <laughs> I don't know. Good job, man. And in community college, dude, you really hit it out of the park with that one. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> Yeah. Also, is was the lead in that the uh, the uh, not so great boyfriend in Camping Fun? Yes, yes. I'm glad you picked that up. Yeah, that was the same actor, and he was the one who wrote it too, actually. Oh, that's interesting. Now, I'm uh, God. If you're listening to the show, I'm sure you've checked out Camping Fun by now, and you all remember the uh, not so great boyfriend that had the cool tattoos. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's the lead in this movie. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. You good, Clark? You look so befuddled. Put put the luggage aside. How? What are you talking about? I'm ready to go. I'm a okay, professional. Okay. I'm just waiting for your, you I, know, your uh, monologue to end. No, okay, it's done. I apologize, <laughs> Clark. Is you know he's the traditional host of this show, and I just get excited about film and drink too much coffee and talk at our guest. Yeah, he's like Ed McMahon. <laughs> if Ed McMahon didn't know his place, there you go. That's essentially uh, the dynamic. Uh, so tom before we jump into the film i before we jump into uh your filmmaking um history i want to first thing I, I want our listeners to know how much of a movie fiend you are as uh we both follow each other on the letterboxd application and yes. i'm constantly seeing everything that you see like roughly roughly how many movies a year you see in tom Okay. Well, I mean, I watch a lot of short films, so uh, I think I've, well, my letterbox says I've watched 4,500 films, um, but I just joined letterbox last year and it opened up like a whole new world to like short films and more obscure experimental avant-garde stuff. So I've been just going down the rabbit hole and also like finding a lot of found footage movies on there too, because I love found footage movies. I'm like setting out a goal to watch every single one out there, at least the ones that are available. And uh, yeah, I've watched maybe 700 found footage movies at this point. 700 short, <laughs> short features. Yes. Yes. You know, found footage, I feel the distinction there isn't as important. Like I think the um, runtime length of a found footage film, it, it's, I don't know, like a feature and a short, in a Hollywood production are very different, but I found footage. You can play with that format. And I find a lot more value in found footage shorts. Is that weird? Am I articulating that correctly, Tom? You know, I think you, I think you nailed it. Uh, some of my favorite, some of my favorite found footage films are all, are all shorts. Uh, like that district nine short film that came out before the feature. Um, I think that one's called, uh, well, I can't remember the name of it, but it was the same director who did District, District 8. Yeah. No, that's a joke. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> oh, uh, District 8 and a half. That's for Randy. 
but yeah, uh, I like I like I like short films like that too. I think Camping Fun was maybe like thirty minutes in the assembly cut, and we we cut it down to make it short and sweet. Well, here's the thing: when you watch film all the time, and you're somebody's like, "Oh, I got a short." I in my in my gut, in my my the core of my id, most of the time my reaction is, "All right, <laughs> like." Here we go. You're going to try and get me hooked. And then by the time, if it, if I do, it's going to end. And usually they're not very thought provoking where with found footage, the, the narrative, there's so much you can do. Like you can open a film and just remove the first act and we're right in the middle of it with no context. And you could spend the whole time just trying to figure it out and it will totally be worthwhile. And again, dude, I just watched camping fun again. And it's a breezy film for 15 minutes. Thank you. Yeah. Also, I, uh, I finally got to put your face. Uh, now, now that I get your, I got to realize that you were in the movie <laughs> and I love your salt and pepper beard. You got going on. <laughs> oh, thank you. No, I was born that way. It's like, uh, it's called vitiligo. It's the kind of the same, uh, skin pigment, uh, uh, what if you, whatever it's called, uh, the same thing that Michael Jackson had. Oh wow! Hopefully not pedophilia. <laughs> no, that, not that would be good. Okay, good. I just wanted to be on the record. Um, <laughs> yeah, pick it up after that. Go ahead. <laughs> no, but like Russ uh, to talk about like how deep he goes with movies. Like he's watching uh, former submissions that we've had at the Unnamed Footage Festival that maybe did not uh, make the cut. Like, I'm talking, remember the Randy movie? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I see that one there. Man, it's, um, man. Three stars on the Empty Man, Russ. Three stars? What the hell? Wait, is that what I gave the Empty Man? Yeah. Shoot, that was a good one. I mean, I remember <laughs> liking it, but maybe, okay, I watched that a couple of months ago. I think maybe the reason I gave it an average rating was like, I think the story was a little predictable, but the talent, like the acting was great. The production value was great. I couldn't complain about any of that stuff. And five stars on the Blackwell ghost five. Oh shit. Oh my That's goodness. Rad. I heard I, that. I'm a huge fan of the deputy. I haven't seen it. One of our, um, one of the guys that contributes to us, uh, he told me that it gets bonkers the deeper you get in there. Now, Blackwell Ghost, I haven't checked it out just because he went behind a paywall after the first one came out. And I have this weird condition where I have to watch movies with other people. And it just it hasn't worked out where I've been able to go two through five. But I, I have heard he's working on another one. I think so. And I promise you, they keep getting better, too. I, the, I think the fourth one might be my favorite, but uh, I swear every single one of those movies are just so good. So Thomas, what got you into found footage? Is this a new thing for you? Not really. You know, I actually shot Camping Fun maybe seven years ago. Oh. Uh, so I, I've always been a fan of found footage, uh, but I think I just started going down the rabbit hole maybe like this last year or two. I, I, I grew up watching like As Above, So Below. Um, Lunopolis was, a, was like kind of like a more obscure one that I remember from a couple years back. And then of course, like, the Blair Witch Project, everybody kind of has like their own experience with watching that the first time. And I remember I was at like a like a high school sleepover or something like that. I was maybe like 14 or 15 at the time when I watched it. And all my friends were telling me that it was like straight up real. 
and I had never seen anything like found footage before. So I totally believed them. And I remember everyone like fell asleep and I was just like, like had this 5,000 yard stare at the, (laughs) and it totally terrified me. So I think that, uh, it's hard, it's hard. Like when you watch so many movies for you to actually kind of get scared or, uh, by something, but yeah, the Blair Witch Project did it for me. They woke up and you were standing in the corner. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) Well, shit. I mean, you, um, I read that you contribute to found footage critic daily. How the hell do you keep that up? Well, I've, gosh, I have maybe a list here of like three or 400 found footage movies that aren't in the database yet. So uh, I actually messaged Michael Steinberg, the found footage critic uh, owner, uh, oh, maybe like six or six or seven months ago. And I just, you know, told him that I was a huge fan of the site and that I had a, a bunch of uh, movies that I'd, you know, like to tell him about and uh yeah him and i have just been kind of working together on adding new entries to the database and uh yeah i try to i try to upload at least like one a day i don't get to do it every single day but uh lately i've been i've been pretty on top of it okay i just pulled up found footage critic and on the the cover there's a movie called hunter's creed that's got Dwayne dog chapman as the lead do you know about that one yes what the hell's going on here? Is it like a faux doc? Yeah, yeah, sort of. Um, gosh, I kind of I, I need to rewatch that one, but uh, I think it goes like a little paranormal, if I'm not mistaken. Of course it does, dude. The ghosts are on ice. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's crazy to me how Steinberg. Like we've had, I've had so many conversations with him. And I can't believe how many found footage movies there are out there floating around and how many international ones just never make it over. Oh, I know. Like Koji Shireishi, that Japanese film oh, yeah. filmmaker. I'm still trying to find some of his out there, but like he's he's probably one of my favorites. He did uh he did a record of Sweet Murder, I think like Naroy the Curse, which yep. a lot of people are familiar with. Um my personal favorite was Cult, and then he did another one called Occult. Yeah, I think I've seen. Wait, which one is on YouTube right now? Colt. Colt is on YouTube, and yeah. Norway is on YouTube, I believe. Which one's in three D? A cult. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We watched that one. Yeah, we watched it. Well, we showed. We did a double feature of his at a three. We did um, Record of Sweet Murder in Norway. Oh, so man. yeah, Tom, you got to come out once once theaters open up again. I think you're gonna love the thing we do down here in San Francisco. We've got like a theater that's clearly too big for our, our niche um, film fest. And it's, you know, it's one of the old school San Francisco movie houses. And we watch shit like Noroy in there or like be my cat. Yeah. And dude, we got to get you out here for it. I would love to sign me up. All right. I just thought of a, a, a fun uh, game. Let's try to stump Tom. Okay. With found okay. knowledge. So Randy, uh, you're the musician of the group, so come up with a theme song right now. <laughs> I'll put some in post. I'll, I'll put some synth in here. I don't yeah. do lyrics. Yeah, lay it on me, though. All right. So, Russ, what I do don't you know. I, we, we usually lose this. Like, we run a film fest, and we're supposed to be hot shit, and we got, like, Mary Beth on here, and she named, like, five movies I'd never seen. I That's feel true. like 
but you dig. And also you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be uh, surprised at how many found footage films you are. You think about how cheap it is <laughs> and how easy entry it is to filmmaking for a lot of filmmakers. Yeah. So, like, you know, this is your first one. There's a ton out there. But again, just to clarify, I don't, uh, Mary Beth, and I'm sure Thomas is not going to be bringing up weird shit on YouTube because there are a lot of little kid films on YouTube that I have a whole playlist of them and I try to get through them and they're, they're really, they're not the best, but. All right. So let's just try to think of a couple titles and Tom can either tell us that he's seen it, um, written about it probably, <laughs> or uh, have it, has at least heard of it. So the goal here is to try to come up with a title that Tom is not aware of. All right. All right. Ra Randy, are you jumping in too? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know too many. All right. So I'll, I'll start first. Okay. Uh, short film. I believe we watched it on YouTube. It is called Ghost Host. Oh, no. I don't know that one. Oh, right. you know what? One for one! Hold, now, that's brutal, because we can't just drop Ghost Host and not talk about it. Dude, it's so good. Um, also, it got pulled from YouTube, and the director was like, yeah, I'm not putting it back up there. Because he made it when he was like 12. Yeah, the director's he, a child. Yeah, and he was kind of embarrassed about it, but... It's 20 minutes that I have rewatched four or five times. <laughs> and if we would have had his permission, it would have been played. Dude, at I thought it was like 40 minutes. No, it's okay. 20. Yeah, it, it could feel that way if you're not having I a, like it. the time of your life. Um, okay, so you got him with a YouTube short film. Good job. <laughs> I mean, good job. We had to go big guns up top. All right, Thomas, I got you. Um, have you heard of My Friend the Polish Girl? Okay, no, I haven't heard that either. All right, now that was kind of a, uh, I was playing my hand there. That one, it hit, me and Randy saw it together. That's why I was trying to get Randy in here. I wanted him mm -hmm. to drop it. But uh, we saw it at the Roxy, and it's a faux documentary about a Polish girl who's kind of documenting her life. Now, I'm sure you've seen uh, Midnight Swim. Yes. Okay, it, imagine that, but more like independent art house, kind of like big city movie. Cool. Yeah, like. Dude, you'll dig it. So I hope record that one. Also, we should probably show that movie at a, one of our fests too. I gotta reach out to them. It's weird because we do the podcast, and there's a lot of overlap with the film fest, and our dates got crossed with them on the podcast. And I've been kind of like, I don't know. All right, so Tom, now's your turn. Uh, try to try to stop us. Oh, okay, I just watched one the other day that was uh, entirely in German. Not that I speak German, but you know, I was just watching it. Uh, on one of these, uh, I think it was like archive.org, but it's called the Airlandit Investigation. Oh, I, I can't even I spell it. <laughs> no, I know, I know. Uh, okay, but basically it's a faux documentary too about a lawyer from New York that uh, receives a letter from like a distant relative uh, in Europe or something that basically is disclosing that for the past 50 years they were housing aliens from another dimension. Okay, how who put you on that trail? Oh, I, I mean, this is just like I think you know every day I at least put in like an hour or two to like uh, search for found footage movies I've never heard of. So you know I'll Google search like a found footage full movie two thousand and two, you know, or and then just kind of scroll through and see what I can find. Uh, and that to me was like some of the easiest ways I could find some of these more uh, obs obscure found footage movies that are you know especially in like Europe or Japan that. Don't get any press here. Dude, Japan's got a lot of them, too. Yeah. Now, now, Thomas, so 
if you were watching the Blair Witch and that made an impact, there's usually a moment where um, we become interested in film and usually we end up like calling ourselves like a horror fan. Where were you when that community just took a split with found footage and it just became a like, oh, I rented a film and fuck, it's found footage. Like, do you remember that time? Sort of. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like too long ago, I feel like. No. (laughs) (laughs) We got like the eight, you know, we got the early, late, late 80s, early 90s uh, with like, you know, Cannibal Holocaust. Actually, I think that's 70s. But, uh, you know, Dean Eliotto's the McPherson tapes and then like you know that was like a time and then the Blair Witch all those were like a time that found footage I think was being just created and uh you know I don't think the McPherson tape was that popular back then but you know now these days it is I think uh like sort of like around the mid 2000s was when you started just getting this influx of found footage movies that everybody started realizing oh you know I want to be a filmmaker and I can just shoot on my little camcorder and and you know put something out and you know that's why we kind of started getting this wave of like both you know good and maybe not so good uh footage movies it's so weird that a group of people would condemn the narrative of the film like the thing is there is merit and a lot of the people that make a like i have no money and i'd like to be a filmmaker they you know create a bad ben and it's like i had hella fun with bad ben i mean i didn't the next eight i wouldn't speak to that way but Likewise, I, yeah. First one was great. Yeah, and it, but it's just weird that the, the culture turned on the narrative. Like, it's not like, oh, I'm sick of people trying to make these kind of movies. It's like, or, hey, that guy didn't make a good movie. It was this narrative styling makes me want to puke, and I hate it, and it's shaky cam, and nobody can act, and they know that, and they're trying to, they're, uh, it's a scam. They're making a movie, and they want me to pay for it when they clearly have no talent and had to take this approach. It's, it just befuddles me. That's a good point. You know, I heard uh, one of my buddies, he, he made a found, uh, y- y'all may know him, Chris Goodwin. He made, he made the, the movie Real, Real and Real 2. Oh, yeah. You know, he... Uh, we are alone. Hold on, hold on. You referred he, to him as, what, what's his name? Oh, Slasher Victim 666, you mean? Dude, <laughs> Thank you so I much. think you just got on a list. <laughs> you better be careful. <laughs> oh, shoot. Was I not supposed to say that? <laughs> you're you're going to be on the gold house, like, shortly, yeah. dude. In the red room. <laughs> okay, no, 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 he's great, but, like, look, we, we've had multiple, multiple interactions with him. It's always been in character. Oh, nice. Yeah, no, 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 he's... He's great. But I heard him say one time that like horror fans are the most astute fans out there. And I, and I couldn't agree with them more because, uh, you know, when I, I belong to all these found footage, you know, uh, social media groups and just, you know, kind of hearing what people are watching these days, what they're liking. And it seems like, yeah, when you're saying like the culture sort of, uh, changed on the, on the, on the narrative, like I, I almost find that, uh, it's not so much that people, uh, rag on these found footage movies it's like the tropes in the found footage movies that seem seem to get people uh like so you know excited or, or or upset at the same time you know whether it's oh you know there's music in this in this found footage movie it doesn't make sense or there's glitches in this movie it doesn't make sense you know um but i think that's just a stylistic choice i mean i heard y'all talk on the podcast about how dean Eliotto kind of started that whole glitch uh oh know, yeah found footage it's a good man. Very handsome. Yeah, Very. that 
Um, the McPherson tapes is kind of the the seed that got planted in my head that made it such an interesting genre for me. Because for a while, I remember I had a neighbor, and we would always talk about that movie and how we thought it was real. Seed planted in your that's very gray alien, dude. I know. <laughs> that's very appropriate. Well, there's such an interesting backstory to the McPherson tapes. I mean, I don't know if I have this story right, so you know, correct me if I'm wrong. But did y'all hear about like the the warehouse production, like the warehouse fire that happened when when they first released that movie? Now, here's a here's a little thing. Here's a little inside baseball for everybody listening. Um, Dean, he did. Uh, we did an interview with him. God, three years ago. It was one of the biggest moments in my life at the time. And he also did one with Steinberg way back on Found Footage Files, that uh, defunct podcast, which I think is pretty good. Um, and we got to know Dean. We had him come out at uh, a three, and he came out and we showed Alien Abduction. And here's the thing I'll tell you about Dean. Of three, we were coming into the pandemic. We, I was completely unaware of we it. We were days away from lockdown. We are days away. And uh, we got to hang out with Dean a little bit. And he went to a bar and he had a couple drinks and he came back. And his take on the the pandemic was that it was a stock exchange conspiracy in order to bump up the mask pricing. He's like, mask stock is going through the roof right now. He's like, that's all it is. And I was like, dude, Dean, you're the coolest motherfucker. <laughs> also, Clark has a huge man crush on Dean. He, I think you referred to him as a pretty man like multiple times. It's very handsome. It's okay. Very handsome. Man. Either way. Well, the first time that we talked to Dean, uh, we had about a 45 minute uh, technical <laughs> delay where we weren't getting audio. Uh, I don't believe he wasn't hearing. Oh, he was hearing us. We couldn't hear him. Yeah. So I was the only one. He insisted <laughs> to be on camera. So I was the only one looking at him and he was only looking at me. So we, we had a connection there. And for 45 minutes, he was writing on a legal notepad saying, I still can't hear you. <laughs> so we, we had a connection. And I'm, I'm not saying Dean's crazy. I'm just saying when, when his movie got picked up by a local distribution company and their warehouse caught on fire, I tend to believe it was a, <laughs> uh, a scam too. But, you know, he actually, maybe that just, uh, it, it gave him PTSD and now he thinks everything's a conspiracy. So when we did, <clears throat> when we had him here for of uh, three, the goal, the idea was to do a Q&A with Dean. However, there wasn't a whole lot of cues thrown out there. It was just D, uh, it's just um, Dean providing all the A's yeah. uh, without any cues. <laughs> so Dean just took the mic from me and said, okay, here's a story about how this movie was made in a warehouse that caught on fire. And then he proceeded to talk for 20 minutes. But uh, yeah, it was great. That's awesome. Wait, didn't I do the Q&A with him? You also took the microphone from me as well. <laughs> I don't know why I was there. <laughs> Frankly, I would have been much happier at home. Yeah, but Dean, dude, the thing is, he's not the only one. Oh, here's another movie for you. Do you know the movie Base? Okay, is that the, is that the skydiving uh, found footage movie? Yes. Y yeah. Yeah, I like that one. That was like a thriller. And then I remember the, uh, I mean... Uh, I, the the lead actor had passed away a couple months after shooting, I think. Yeah, yeah, from jumping. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. It it actually resulted in the film being delayed because they thought it was just not. It wouldn't go over well. It's in bad taste. Yeah. Well, and it was supposed to be more of like a horror film, if I'm not mistaken. And then they kind of just re reworked some of the some of the editing and made it kind of just like a thriller and and an adventure film. Kind of. so. 
we, we interviewed the director and he told us that the lead in that movie kind of took over the production and uh, they'd be up on a building where the dude's supposed to jump. And he would say, hey, unless you hang off of this building right now, I'm not going to do it. The movie's over. And, well, you know, the director, he was a wartime journalist who started his own company and through the, uh, the run of their company, lost half of the members. They all died out there filming, um, like, the Afghan war. And I'll tell you, he, he's the type of dude that when his director tries to take the production hostage and tells him, hang off the building, he says, okay. <laughs> and he, he did it. So he said he kind of just let that movie evolve with the dude. So that movie is intense. I really, I really enjoyed it actually. And, um, I don't, it's no secret. If, if we can do a four in a theater, that is going to be plain. I want to show that movie in a theater. So goddamn bad. It, it originally had a, um, big run like scheduled. And then it was one of those things where the uh, production company switched hands and they just canned it because, you know, it wasn't their project. So yeah, I don't know if, if that can happen. He also did another found footage film called A Night in the Woods uh, with Scoot McNary, which is I've pretty good. That. Yeah. That what? was it, 2011. Thomas, you haven't seen that one? Night in the Woods? I actually think that's on my watch list. All right. Richard Perry, he's, he's another Koji. Like, he's a dude that, um, you know, our culture is still forming here with the found footage community. And I think these are the names that are kind of kind of boil up. And we're in kind of a precarious position because we do the fest and you kind of want to keep the cards close when it's like a Richard Perry and you want to be able to like break that guy out for people. But I mean, fuck it. People, people should be watching that movie. And then if we could put it in the theater, that's an experience people can't get anywhere else. Oh, so Tom, how long have you been in Austin? Uh, about 10 years. Oh, so you've, you've, even in your 10 years, it had already evolved, and now it is currently evolving even more. So what's, what's the journey of Austin, Texas like these days? Um, you know, I actually moved to Austin because I, I used to be a musician in like a, in like a grindcore metal band <laughs> back, mm. back when I lived in Chicago. And then I moved what's, here. What's the name of that band? Hold on. Wrestling with... This is what? a stick-up? That's, right. that's a good band name. Yeah, with the the little exclamation point at the end. Uh, of course, um, right? Of course, <laughs> you know, <laughs> all those band names had like you know some of those band names were like twenty words or something like that, or just like the font of the text is you couldn't even read it. Now, is that available? Like, is that or is your music out on Spotify or anything? Yeah, gosh, it's been it's been it's been years. I have like I have uh I have an EP like a hard copy. I can email y'all some samples of that stuff. But, oh, please do, please yeah, do. Yeah, I will. Uh, you know, great we're, thing. Huh? There, there's definitely some music on there. It, you know, if you like type in like this is a stick up like Illinois band or something like that, I think you know MySpace or something like that will pop up. Um, but anyways, I moved to Austin to pursue like a career in, in music because I, I had done a lot of the, the business side of it from like booking shows and, and uh, recording studios and stuff like that. But then uh, as soon as I moved to Austin, I, I kind of met a whole group of filmmakers and made my first film that, you know, nobody will ever see. I think everybody, every filmmaker has their first movie that, you know, doesn't exist, if you will. But uh, I just started making movies with my friends and then from there started meeting, you know, some some other filmmakers and and then just kind of 
I haven't played music since, but you know, I think film kind of has like that same sort of uh, spark that I had with music, especially like being a drummer and knowing like pacing and tempos and stuff like that. You know, I work, I work, my day job is video editing actually. So uh, I've kind of just taken some of that knowledge from, from the music industry and try to, you know, apply it to film. Now you were a drummer in a grindcore band. (laughs) Yeah. Fuck dude. That's impressive. Now were you, were we, uh, we talking triggers here or you'd go in full double? Full double. My man. There you go. <laughs> he ain't no bitch. Dude, that's fucking hardcore. No pun intended? No. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's there. Dude, that's <laughs> awesome. Also, we're not going to let you get away with talking about your first film that nobody's ever going to see. Can you <laughs> give us the um, synopsis on it? Okay. Uh, gosh, it was called, the movie's called Agares, and I don't think you can find it online anywhere. But if you're lucky, maybe there's a trailer or something like that. Um, it was a story about like a group of friends who run into uh, a, a person who's possessed by, by a demon named Isabel. Uh, and I remember shooting it uh, when I went to St. Edwards. This was, so I actually went to, I went to a university before I went to film school. Uh, and I, and I was just getting a business degree there. Uh, but I remember writing a letter to the school, uh, on my, in my senior year where I could take, you know, one of these electives and I wanted to take a a filmmaking class. Uh, but in order to, to even get into the class, you know, you have to be some kind of like a photography major, if you will. But I just wrote a letter that said, Hey, I really want to make a movie. And, uh, you know, I'm hope, I hope you guys can, put me in this class. And, and basically from there, they, they let me in the class and I started, uh, you know, making, making some movies from, from there. What were you trying to get a degree in? You're going for business? Yeah, I got a, I got a degree in digital media. Uh, so just kind of like the whole business side of uh, the, the music, uh, film and, and gaming industry. God, I don't like you. <laughs> you're so productive and it seems like you're pretty much good at everything you do. Well, I work like a firefighter. I kind of work two days in a row and then just like sleep one full day after that. <laughs> oh, you see, Clark gives me shit for doing stuff like that. He's always okay. like, but, 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 you're but, burning but, but, the candle from both but, but, ends. You are. You don't <laughs> take a day. He takes a day. You take no days. Yeah, and I'm not anywhere near as good at anything. You sleep you. for five hours. <laughs> you have a weird military fasting system. Yeah. Not not working out very well either, <laughs> especially when we got a bunch of cotton candy in the house. And I'm just like, oh, I'm yeah. just going to eat that. <laughs> <laughs> now, where do you see your career in the future? Well, I hope to I hope to get to, into directing more. Um, I work as a first AD a lot on set. So that's with like dealing with the whole scheduling and, and safety protocols, communication between departments, stuff like that. So. I hope to do more like assistant directing work. So that way I can, you know, uh, start directing some, some movies that people, you know, will, will see and, and, and things like that. Now you say that yet camping fun now. Okay. We deal with a lot of, um, just found footage movies in general and a lot of short films and you have one of the best reach you, you've accomplished a lot of reach with your found footage short. So like, if, did that come from your digital marketing? background or like you know good question i i, I started i started like mass like re-editing this the, the i like i said I, I shot it seven years ago i never actually really did anything with the short and then when quarantine hit 
um, I picked up the project again and I didn't really have any intentions on giving it like a full release. Essentially, I was trying to teach myself how to do sound design because we recorded uh, with like a little a little shotgun mic that's, you know, attached to the camera. So the sound wasn't very good. And I bought like a thousand dollar editing suite. And I was like, you know, I'm going to teach myself how to do sound design because before I used to just uh, I actually have taken on a few uh, sound designer gigs on like on short films. And I used to just spend hours and hours at it until it just sounded good, you know? But like when, when quarantine hit, I was like, you know, I'm actually going to learn the rules of sound design. Cause I think that's just a, I think that's like a, 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 a job that's in a little bit of a higher demand than just video editing. You know, you need your, the sound to your film to be polished just as much as your video looks polished. Uh, so I, I picked it up and I, and I just kind of started, you know, re-editing it. But when I, when I decided to submit it to some festivals and um sort of market it i had never made a website before uh i really didn't know much about like search engine optimization but i kind of just went down a rabbit hole with that too and learned how to like how to properly like you know share your movie and market your movie yeah it's pretty cool to to actually get to talk to you and realize that you're a fan too because on the other end of that when you see a movie that's being well marketed sometimes the movie ain't very good and the person behind it's not very into it. And um, I'm so glad that you have the reach you do. And you're like a, I don't know, a true believer. Is that like a hack thing? It's more culty, but more culty. Yeah. 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 No, I don't, I'm just glad to have you on the found footage team. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, I, Tom, I'm going to go out on a limb here and assume that a lot of sound designers, uh, most sound designers are not former drummers of grindcore bands. <laughs> You know, I, I think that's a very, yeah, very special skill on your end because I would imagine that, you know, how are your eardrums not trash? Oh, they are though. They are. They totally, <laughs> I, I, I can't hear anything half the time. I'm always like, what is that? What is that? Yeah. I, I, I definitely, my ears definitely got shot from, from playing a lot of, a lot of the shows before. Randy, you're kind of in the same boat too. Yeah. Mine's not too bad. I've always been a very safe and boring person. So I've, uh, wore, earplugs most of the time like pretty early on but i do have a little bit of tinnitus <laughs> tom me, did me you too. go did you go no ear 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 uh plugs no i didn't yeah no i went no earplugs uh, oh oh tom i i i go to a show i put earplugs in yeah he lectured me on it i still have earplugs in my uh i watch a movie downstairs with russell i've had to put earplugs in <laughs> in in my uh in my battle jacket i got some fucking earplugs that clark was like you need to wear these <laughs> <laughs> like fucking band dad also i should i should let you know clark because i know you're not um in the genre of music that me and randy usually uh lay claim uh hardcore straight edge kids would totally wear earplugs uh the grindcore community i don't think that is that where it falls off yeah that sounds about it's right very, yeah. yeah yeah thomas did you know that our, our engineer um was a hardcore kid who recently broke edge because he lives next to a brewery nice. <laughs> it's been a couple of years but yeah i was <laughs> Straight edge slash sober till I was about 29. Yeah, it was right for 30. You're like, well, <laughs> it's all going down from here. <laughs> now, Thomas, I want to thank you because, of course, uh, we reached out to you kind of late and uh, Clark's got his impromptu business trip, vacation. How are you looking Ain't at no it? vacation. <laughs> that he's leaving in like two hours. He's like, and, hey, go to Phoenix. It's 95. And you are the first guest that we've ever had that emailed us a, uh, list of like fun facts and things to talk about and i 
It couldn't have been better timing. And what it really gave me was a sense of just how prepared you must come into all these projects. Like, I, I don't know, man. Good foresight here. Oh, thank you. I mean, I, I definitely prepare for my film projects, but this is the first podcast I've ever done. Bullshit. No, it is. How do I, I don't understand that. That's so weird. First off, I mean, do you listen to podcasts? I do. Yeah, then once you start listening to them, you realize just how fucking many there are. And I believe uh, there was one, I make its numbers wrong, but it's somewhere in the neighborhood of 1.2 million podcasts were started during the pandemic. Started? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, man. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm glad we're so original <laughs> over here. <laughs> Nobody has a guest come on short nose and abuses them. Just <laughs> late and then talks at. Yeah, Thomas, thank you for that. And um, God, I can't believe it. Normally, the horror community, uh, like you were mentioning earlier, they, they've been getting more and more thoughtful throughout the years. And I think a lot of them just turn right into podcasting and they kind of, you know, just talk about the Friday the 13th franchise for five episodes and then decide if they want to keep going or not. So normally, whenever we talk to people, we usually have like, they have guest fatigue. Like they come in here and they're like, all right, I'm going to do another one of these shits. Like actually some of our best interviews were people that we probably shouldn't have been talking to that were just like, I don't give a fuck. Like who's the homie that was um, a little punchy saw or saw homie. Saw Darren two? Lynn Bousman. Yeah. Like, dude, we had Bousman on here and he just did not give a fuck. And that, that's kind of like, I don't know, our sweet spot. Yeah. He was just talking shit for an hour and I made him talk about a uh, jigsaw's penis in Saw 4. <laughs> I mean, am I not going to bring up? That's the only thing I remember from Saw 4, and Saw 4 is a good film. All right. Now, in that beautiful email you wrote us, you put um, some fun facts about Camping Fun. One of them is it says it's also available on Zurb TV. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We we won an award at uh, the Independent Shorts Awards, and one of the uh, perks of of winning your category was uh, like a distribution on, on Zurb TV. What the hell is Zerb TV? Or it, it, you know, maybe it's pronounced XERB. I, I really, I'm not, I'm not. I have no idea. Yeah, my my fault. <laughs> it's one of those. It's one of those subscription. Uh, it's one of those like subscription sites that you can kind of stream a bunch of uh, short films that are like in the festival circuit right now. Oh, oh, I didn't know about that. I'm That's gonna, I'm gonna Google that. <laughs> now you also put in here that you have a feature in development. Yeah. Uh, Actually, yeah, we're we're taking camping fun and we're reworking the story a little bit to uh, kind of develop it into a new story, but the same sort of catharsis. Uh, but yeah, we're we're writing the script right now and and hope to be able to, you know, maybe shop it around to a few places to see if we can get some financing for it. I, you totally will. I um, dang, I'm, I have to make a decision here. Camping fun's available on YouTube, right? Yes. Yes. All right. And POV Horror as well. That'll be that uh, May second. I think we're actually releasing on POV Horror. Okay. Do me a favor. You got to move Night in the Wood, Night in the Woods up on your queue. I Whoa. think the the type of film you like to make and um, the group dynamic will it will really um, play well for you. And I don't want to go into that anymore. So yeah, and, and, you know I can give you all at least a brief synopsis of what uh, what we're gonna you know do with this uh 
do with this feature development. But, you know, essentially the short film was four friends go out on a remote weekend uh, getaway trip in, in Texas, ultimately being, you know, stalked, trailed and compromised by a sinister cult of, of woodsmen. But um, for the feature, we're actually going to do a story about two brothers who are going out to their uh, grandparents' remote family ranch to celebrate their grandma's 100th birthday. Oh, and, congratulations. And we're still going to go. We're still going to, you know, uh, turn this into kind of like a, a cult, like a sinister cult story. But I, I guess I'll just leave it at that for now. <laughs> Look, that's fine. Just just uh, don't make it more like... Um, don't make it more like no make it more like uh <laughs> webcast not paranormal five webcast is a great movie i love webcast is it paranormal five or paranormal four paranormal, oh, paranormal yeah. four sucks that's the one yeah. with the xbox yeah the infrared yeah four yeah yeah don't do four no no <laughs> I remember listening to y'all's podcast with Ricky Umberger and y'all were talking about Paranormal Activity 4 and I was just laughing to myself because I love Paranormal Activity, but man, sure. that fourth one, that just, yeah, it wasn't very good. Yeah, there's another example. That may have been the first time where I was visibly angry in the theater. At four? At four. Why were you angry? Because it made me angry. You're not, you're not guaranteed a good film. I didn't say that. <laughs> It just offended. Then why did you pull a knife out? <laughs> That's what I do. That's my nature. And again, I'm stabby by nature. You can't discount that movie because fucking the paranormal community gripped on to that fucking Xbox uh, infrared thing. That That's fine. Just the ending was terrible. That technology so defunct now, too. I know. What the fuck was that? Connect? The Connect. I still have mine. Do you? I never got Dude, one. Thomas, come over. Let's make a movie. <laughs> We're going to bring back the Connect infrared. Count me in. <laughs> so, Tom, when um, so you're getting everything ready to make the feature for Camping Fun, but when, while you were making the short for Camping Fun, uh, looks like you spent some time in the hospital. Yeah, uh, we yeah, interesting story. There's a there's a scene in the in the film where uh, our actor is investigating this like uh, abandoned house, and because it was found footage, you know, uh, we had like the crew blocked maybe like 200 yards uh away from from this house so that way you know we're not in the frame or anything like that we didn't really know what the actor was going to do we gave him a few prompts and uh essentially he he smashed this window without without us really blocking that out and he took that uh flashlight that's in his hand it smashed the window and actually went through the whole take that you kind of see in the film but uh Afterwards, when we kind of met up with him, he just we just saw like his whole hand had had been cut like straight open, and yeah. um, and I and ironically enough, like right at the same time, one of our actresses was was kind of feeling a little ill, saying that she like got bit by a spider. Because oh. <laughs> uh, we're you know we were out in the hill country, um, and that we we saw some gnarly uh, critters out there, like you know the brown recluse. I remember seeing one of those. I don't th thank God uh, she didn't get bit by one of those because I think those are like pretty deadly. If I, if I night, remember. night. <laughs> yeah, but we essentially like we, 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 you know, just to be on the safe side, we were like, all right, we're going to, you know, we're going to go to the to the hospital and just, you know, get this all checked out. And we had driven maybe three hours east of uh, Austin to get to this to get to this shooting location, except uh, when we were trying to find the hospital. I think the closest one was like 20 or 30 miles away. So uh, 
we we've really essentially spent most of the shoot just trying to find the hospital and then and then be in there so uh, i think we we really only shot uh that film for like one day essentially now you were making a found footage movie did you have a camera rolling while you were looking for the hospital no we didn't <laughs> yeah no because you're, you're actually mo- thinking about humans i know i'm i guess i'm immoral <laughs> I'd be like, this is great. We're working with liability at that point. (laughs) You know, there was, there was this other interesting story too that happened. Cause like after, you know, our our actors were okay. Turn out the spider bite. Like our actress was fine. Uh, We got our other guy, you know, bandaged, bandaged up and like everything was good. And so we actually went back to the house to shoot, you know, it was maybe like 10 or 11 at night. So we're shooting some of the, uh, some of the like later scenes in the movie, there's this one scene where we're like running uh, after our buddy just gets chainsawed in half. <laughs> and then um, what uh, you don't necessarily see in one of the takes we didn't actually use. But uh, during one of those live takes, we see like these two trucks uh, drive onto the property. And we had reserved the property knowing that no one was really going to uh, be bothering us during the weekend. But we saw these two trucks like stumble on the property and uh, these these like four or five guys just get out of their trucks and they all have like guns on them. And we were just like scared shitless. I think we were all maybe like 21 years old at the time or something when we were filming this. And, you know, we even had teenagers and their moms on set. Like, so it was just so, it was so awkward. It was so embarrassing. We didn't even know who these guys were, but essentially they were, uh, they were hunting hogs and they pretty much just like broke onto the property, like illegally to, to, to hunt these hogs and we had to basically kick them off. How did that go? Oh boy. And did you have a camera rolling? <laughs> oh, I wish we actually got a little bit of it on camera. Not, not the interaction with, with the fellows, but uh, them pulling onto the property was actually in one of our takes. Well, Tom, come on, man. You've watched 750 found footage movies. And you know, in that early 2000 period, there was always that line that had to be in there where they're like, keep rolling, don't stop filming, whatever you do. And that didn't run through your head? Well, you know, it it, it did. <laughs> but uh, I could tell that um, at one point when we were still rolling that, that like the actors were starting to break character. Because I, you know, I go by Tommy in the, in the, sh- in the film, but like, uh, you know, just my friends call me Tom. So when I start, when they're like, you know, we're seeing these trucks get on the property and, uh, you know, some of the actors are like, what the fuck is that? What the hell is that? And then, uh, you know, I'm still rolling the camera. And then all of a sudden it's like, no, Tom, what the hell is that? And, uh, you know, at that point, like I knew that this wasn't staged or anything like that. And I just shut off the camera to kind of see like what the heck was really happening. That's how you get that verisimilitude. Real breaking character. All right, everyone listening, take a shot. <laughs> now, so the actress wasn't bit by a spider? She was. She was. It just wasn't, it, you know, we just had to get it checked out to be sure. Like, she was fine, but we were already taking our other actor to the hospital anyway. So we're like, hey, get in the car. We'll go. We'll go get okay. it checked out. Well, here's what you do with the hog situation. <laughs> you know, Tom, I'm, I'm always looking to cut a deal. So, I mean, maybe what should have happened is that. So, how long were you? How long were was the schedule for you were supposed to be at this location? Two days. See, here we go. Here's what you should have done. You should have cut a deal with the hog hunters <laughs> and say, "Look, you can be in this area. You can hunt your hog, but we're gonna get a piece of that hog." Boom. Therefore, your catering's taken care of. You can feed everyone. You got the pig. 
bing, bang, boom, everybody's happy. Genius. Thank you so much. I thought you were going to go in the direction of work them in the movie. Like, are they? Oh, fuck, there's a cult, but the hog hunters well, you know, have arrived. Wait, say again, Tom? It's just like, yeah, y'all can be here. I just need you to sign these release forms. Uh, yeah. <laughs> They'd probably do it. They'd probably do it. Now I just what need you guys to reset and dr- drive back on the property again. <laughs> just make sure you have those guns on you, too. <laughs> yeah, they, I mean, look. As long as you weren't a game warden, like they were fine. <laughs> like that's a big thing. They were probably just worried that, you know, you weren't a game warden. So that was the no, big thing. If anything, I was just I was so scared. Like not even knowing who these people were, knowing that they were getting on the property illegally. We, you know, I was just like, uh, I actually don't even. I, I think when they, you know, this happened so long ago, but uh, just talking about it now, I'm starting to recall it a little bit better. Like. I remember when they did pull onto the property, I kind of went more towards like the base camp area just to make sure like everyone was like safe there and not like wandering around. And I kind of had my co-director at the time just like diffuse the situation with those guys. I just kind of told them we got to get these guys off the property. (laughs) Now, the film camping fun, um, that would be like if we want to get like. Here to bring it into terms that might make sense, you know how the metal community, we break up all the subgenres into smaller subgenres. And, you know, there's like three waves of black metal and there's, you know, grindcore. Now in the found footage tree of uh, subgenres, camping fun would fall under snuff fiction where it's kind of like, you know, the audience, we found a tape or something and we're watching basically a um, series of murders or like whoever was filming the tape, how they lost possession of it. And I'm curious, what what would be another subgenre of found footage that you'd like to venture into with others being, you know, like faux documentary POV? Yeah. Well, actually um, I just finished writing a script to a found footage film. I, I wish I could talk about it, but uh, right now I'm not really sure what we're going to be doing with it, but I know that I want to uh, work in a story about like creatures. Uh, cool. I love, I, I love found footage, you know, creature stories. Um, I love the cult and occult vibes. Um, you know, and then mockumentary too, is just, is just such a great genre as well. But, uh, I think, you know, besides the camping fun, uh, you know, feature development, which we're still going to stick with cults and the, the whole cult, uh, history. Uh, I, I really want to make a, a creature found footage one day. Now, how would you, would that be like, would the, um, storytelling device be like a cryptid hunter with hogs? <laughs> <laughs> It's not a bad idea. You know, uh, have y'all seen The Hunted? Uh, that was like a Josh Stewart found footage movie. Um, oh, not the Benicio uh, Del Toro, Tommy Lee Jones. That's a really good one. It's actually about like uh, two, it's, it's Ronnie Jean Blevins, Josh Stewart. They're basically they have this hunting show and they go out into the wilderness to to record their latest or their pilot episode or something like that. And then uh, it, d- it dives into the whole like paranormal backstory of the of the woodlands area that they're in. Um, but it's really good. I would totally recommend it. Yeah, I've never heard of it. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, and Josh Stewart and, and Ronnie Blevins, you know, they're both in like uh, the dark, the Dark Knight movies, and and you know, they're they're in a whole bunch of stuff. They're they're actually really really good at what they do. And the, you got the producers of the Collector and the Collection on here too. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh rad! All right, how is this one available? Yes, 
it, it is. I know you can, you know, you can at least rent it on, on uh, Amazon, but um, yeah, that, that should be free somewhere. I'm checking that out probably tonight. Oh, and IMDb puts up their man versus on there. Well, what a bummer. Did you, have you checked that one out? Yeah, I like that one. And by the way, the hunt is on Tubi and Voodoo Free. I just looked it up. Oh, I'm down with Tubi. I've recently jumped on Tubi after um, paying for Hulu and being forced to watch like a minute and a half of commercials during shows and then jumping on Tubi and it's like, oh, one commercial four times during a movie. I can handle that. But did, but you, yeah, did, you, did you know ahead, really quick that there's like 300 found footage movies on Tubi? You know, I've, I didn't know that. How do you know that? Well, I have a list on Letterboxd, and I just kind of <laughs> called like three found footage movies on Tubi, and I'd say like every couple weeks, I just kind of recheck the the site and scroll through the horror movie section, and yeah, they have like over three hundred. So, uh, I, my Letterbox name is the Movie Archive, and uh, you, I have, um, I think I have like maybe twenty found footage lists on there that are all kind of broken up to like ones of uh, found footage creatures and legends and myths ones like found footage occult i even have like a found footage time travel list um Ooh. so yeah there's the tubi one on there too all right yeah i'm gonna have to add you on letterboxd i've been trying to get back in there i just i feel a lot of pressure to actually review everything as i watch it and that ends Damn. up yeah but you're good at it <laughs> Well, I don't have many reviews. I'm, see, I'm not much of like a, a critic reviewer, you know, because I, I, I like pretty much every movie I watch. I find something, you know, joyful to watch in everything that I watch. Uh, and so you'll see on my letterbox, I don't even have anything that's like rated below two stars. Yeah, I think I'm there with you. Except these two idiots give me shit for it all the time. Your rating system makes zero <laughs> logical sense. A three stars worse than a one star because I would watch a one star again, but I'd never even think about a three star. It makes zero so, sense. Thomas, super quick. I base on a. Oh, by the way, Thomas, it's not going to be <laughs> super quick. I, you know, entertainment value. So a one star is a movie that I hate. And when it comes up, I have to talk about how much I hate it. And a three is something, you know, it was cool, but I, you probably don't remember watching it. That, that tracks, right? No. Yeah. 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 yeah th see, Thomas, is it does not track. <laughs> it does not track in no universe is a one star better than a three star. And that's what you're saying. Well, not better. It's just, you know, you're more inclined to have an interesting conversation about a one than a three. You need to reevaluate your life and your ratings. Well, like, like Tommy Wiseau's the room, you know, that's like a one star movie, but everybody loves it. No, no, no. <laughs> now we're going down a deep, deep, dark hole now. But are uh, you going to defend that position? No, I, I really have to pay. Okay. <laughs> You're free to. Tom, I feel like we need to offer you a job. Like, if Uff ever makes money, we got to get you on staff. Like, hey, you, you, I got, I don't have a lot of time, but hey, count me in for whatever y'all, whatever y'all need. How do you, uh, well, from what I hear, you got a day where you rest. We'll just have to cut that one in half. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, get that Russ lifestyle going. Uh, so, Tom, thanks again, man. Before we cut you loose, um, how can people get in uh, contact with you? So, any social media, websites, what you got? Yeah, uh, my website is thomas-burke.com. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at uh, either camping fun found footage. Uh, I have I have like a whole, whole movie collection uh, page where I kind of showcase my action figure collection and, and Blu-ray steelbook collections. I, I have over 2,000 uh, hard copy movies. You, you can follow me there at the Movie Archive. 
Um, my personal Instagram, it's Tomyo. Um, and then Twitter uh, at Camping Fun Found Footage, or sorry, Camping Fun Movie. All right, Russ, anything else for Tom before we cut him loose? Now, Tom, I had, congratulations. Camping Fun is great. And it really, it captured a lot of people that don't normally get excited about found footage. So again, you're doing the Lord's work out there. And um, I'm, I'm so happy you took an hour out of your clearly very busy schedule <laughs> to uh, waste with us. Yeah. I, uh, Thomas, man, I love you. And we got to talk more. No, honestly, it was my pleasure. I really enjoyed talking to you guys, too. Love you guys so much. Thank you again for everything and hope to join you guys again soon. We'll do it. Thanks, Tom.